Well, today we are putting a wrap on our long discussion that we've had over many days about the coming of the kingdom of God to earth. This is the last one. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. Several times in our discussion here of how the kingdom of God comes to earth, we have talked about the fact that Jesus, when he said in Mark 1, 14 and 15, the kingdom, the time is come and the kingdom is at hand, uh, that the word time there was uh, kairos, or we usually say in English kairos, uh, and it indicated um Uh, an event or a definite time in which um, an occasion in which something took place that was uh, bombastic, something that that crashed into uh, Earth's history. And uh, we talked about the fact that this happens in an individual life when they are sitting in a church and the preacher's preaching and the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God gets a hold of them and draws them to an altar. Uh, It may be that they never knew anything about God, but uh, they are instructed by the preacher to repent of their sins, and um, they worship the Lord, and in a little while they are spirit-filled. They begin to speak in other tongues. And so what is this? This is a chirological breaking into the chronological flow of that individual's life. And they will never be the same. They may backslide, they may do other things, but they will never be the same. A backslider is not like a raw sinner. There is a difference that is marked and uh, they can never get away from because receiving the Holy Spirit um, goes beyond all of the Uh, physiological and psychological things into uh, the spiritual nature of a man or a woman. And so what occurs where the future of the kingdom of God enters into the present? Uh, Several times I've mentioned an example, uh, but I want to, I want to use this one more time. Uh, Some of you may be getting ready to preach tonight. You don't have anything to preach. Well, grab your pencil, and you can just take a few notes, and you'll be ready tonight. And people say, well, where'd that come from? I haven't heard you teach that before. So uh, it may may work in your favor. Uh, But anyway, Egypt, um, old, 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 one of the oldest empires on earth, And uh, her history and her culture and her traditions and the way of life was centuries old, uh, millenniums old. Uh, They had a comfortable setup. Uh, uh, They had great convenience living on the backs of slaves. They had a set way of doing things. Uh, They had acknowledged pecking orders of how things were administrated, and they were deeply entrenched in customs and order which guaranteed expected results agriculturally and business-wise. They had accepted standards. Uh, 
They had their gods. Uh, they had their secular religion. Uh, they had their uh, uh, religion apart from the true God. And uh, their history was long and sleepy dynasties that ruled uh, for decades after decades. Egypt was only one of many empires built on the backs of slaves. And however, there was a difference. The difference was Egypt had the wrong people for slaves. The problem was their slaves were a special people. Their slaves were a people who were already heirs of a kingdom that was finished, a kingdom of which Egypt knew nothing. A people, this was a people of incredible destiny. But here as slaves, none of that showed. They were a people not only of earthly history, but they were a people with a cosmic history, literally connected with outer space. And so the kingdom of God comes to Egypt like a meteor from outer space and crashes with terrific and exorable force into Egyptian history. And God said, let my people go. So Egypt has never experienced this before. They've never experienced a chirological interruption breaking into chronological life. And so Egypt said, no, this is not right. We have rights to our way of life. You're upsetting our culture. We own this place. We've been here 1,500 years. But their eschatological moment had come. There is something about it when a person's moment has come. The meeting at the day of the Lord, where Kairos for that particular person or people meets their chronological reality and blasts it wide open. So if you want to take this on a macro scale, you have this present age here, and then you have the age to come over here. In between, you have the day of the Lord, or a Greek word, eschaton. And when they both come to the day of the Lord, when Kronos meets Kairos, this is the collision that changes the course of the history of an individual life or the course of the world or the course of the universe when we see the end. This is why Jesus re uh, presents repentance as the sinner's greatest joy. It's not a deal of sadness. It's the sinner's greatest joy. It's an about face, and it's about entering into the glories of an eternal kingdom. And no matter how obstinate Egypt was, the incoming kingdom of God will not be denied. Where there is a hungry heart, it will not be denied. And so um, how does all this tie into the new heaven and earth? Well, in the New Testament, 
from the very first chapter was introduced something that was well known in the Old Testament. And that was that the kingdom is going to come. When this, when this reality came to the people in the New Testament that the kingdom was coming, they did not understand all the dynamics of how it was going to come. And we've spent a lot of time on that. But they did understand that it was coming. Even as late as when Jesus had gathered disciples after his death, burial, and resurrection and was talking to them and was explaining to them, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Even at that point in verse 6, the disciples were still thinking that he's going to bring in the kingdom of God here. And they were still thinking militarily. And they and so one of them, or several of them, whoever, spoke up and said, is this the time that the kingdom of God is coming? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Well, that's an interesting question, and that's an interesting response. Because the truth of the matter is, the kingdom of God was coming with the coming of the Holy Ghost, but not the consummating form of the kingdom of God, which included the socio-political and physical aspects of the kingdom. Those are yet to come and will only come with the second coming of Jesus Christ when he will be visibly seen coming and plant his feet on the Mount of Olives and it will split, and a great valley will be created, and a mighty river will flow out of there. The irony of that river is, is that it will flow out of here, out of there, and when it goes west, it will go to the Mediterranean Sea, but when it goes east, it will go down to the Salt Sea, and end up going on down and breaking into the Gulf of Aqaba, and all of that will be transversible waters now, which it is not. And you, you can't, you, the, 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 the water doesn't go that far. And, but the Bible predicts the great upheaval. There There will have to be a great upheaval because uh, the Sea of Galilee, I mean, uh, the Dead Sea is the lowest place on earth. And so there has to be a readjustment there of all of that to make it work. But all of that's going to happen. It's going to be a major, major upheaval. All of that's coming, but it's coming at this socio-physical, political coming of Jesus Christ, which is what we call the consummating fulfillment. Before that, though, he's already come, and he continues to come in every spirit infilling of every individual. That's him coming into the earth. And the kingdom of God, therefore, is here now, but it's not here in its final form. But it comes now just like it will come then as far as the aspect of Kairos. It comes and it breaks into uh, lives. It, it, it breaks into a number of lives, and then it breaks into a family. It breaks into a number of families, and then it breaks into a city. And whole cities have experienced revival before. And then it breaks into a whole uh, a region or county or state or parish or whatever the, the next segment sectioned off happens to be called. 
and, uh, and pretty soon it rocks nations. And throughout history, this has taken place. But it all begins with uh, the chirological experience of an individual. And then that experience is replicated in other individuals until now there's 10 and then there's 100 and then there's 1,000 and then there's 10,000 and then there's 100,000 and, and so forth and until it spreads through the land. Now, in final, let's just talk for a few minutes about the kingdom of God being here. What is it going to be like on earth when the kingdom of God is here? Well, there's going to be, the Bible tells us, there's going to be peace, there's going to be prosperity, there's going to be government that keeps order, uh, that is righteous. Nobody has to worry about a corrupt judge doing things that are corrupt that we see taking place uh, uh, every day. Uh, no corruption in politics that we see taking place in every day. None of that is going on. So it's going to change everything. The whole military complex of nations is going to virtually disappear. So think what that does now for taxes. Um, uh, the he, the heathenistic immoral practices that cause health care to go up, that, that, uh, that bring blight and plague on the land, and um, that cause whole segments of humanity who partake in certain things to get diseases and so forth. That creates a multi-billion dollar weight on the health system. So everybody's health premiums go up. All of that, all of that will be eradicated. And because there won't be sickness uh, in the land, uh, there will be no need for all of that. So there again, taxes and cost of living uh, all go down. Uh, police forces, uh, security systems, all these things, gates and and dogs and all the things that we do to protect ourselves, all of that would be unnecessary because it will be peace in the land. And you will not have to separate yourself from your neighbor because you're afraid he's a axe murderer or something. Um, and so this, and this goes on. There's, there's many other aspects of this where there is, there is plenty of food. So the idea of stealing to live or, or um, uh, stealing because someone is starving will be a, a non-issue. Uh, so the coming of the kingdom of God to earth is a revolution. The Bible lets us know that at the coming of the millennium and of the new heaven and new earth, there is a, there is a renewal of earth and heaven. And it's called a new heaven and new earth. It doesn't mean that heaven and earth are going to disappear. And something that's totally outside the thinking process of human beings is going to replace it. That's not what it means. It means that there will be a renovation um, by fire. And so people that uh, talk scientifically that in the end of this, the world may very well burn up um, or the sun may burn up or whatever else. When you look in the Bible, you find that kind of language at the end. But it's not, it, it, it's the end for sinners, but it's not the end for the people of God in the kingdom of God, because all of that is going to create a renovated new heaven, new earth. And the Bible tells us enough about that in the book of Revelation in chapter 21 and 22. It tells us enough about that for us to understand that this is going to be an incredible, there's an incredible future for the people of God. There's an incredible future for people that 
live for God every day of their life and and uh, work to bring the kingdom to earth. And if you're not living for God, here's an admonition to you. There's nothing like it. Not in this world, there's nothing like it. And you say, well, how do you know? You're just living for God. You're not a sinner like other, you know, that aren't trying to live for God. Well, where do you think all the saints came from? Where do you think believers came from? We came out of the world. We lived at the address where you live. We did the things that you do. And God changed our life. And now we don't do that anymore. So being as we've been where you are as a sinner and we are where we are now and we see and know that this is better, we know by experience that this is better, we invite you to join uh, the saved and to join those that have a destiny and a future that nobody else on earth can get even a piece of it except through Jesus Christ. So this is the day for you to say, I'm going to find an apostolic Pentecostal church, and I'm going to go to church and find out if that preacher's telling me the truth. I dare you to do that because you will find out I'm telling you the truth because it's happened to me. And it's happened to everybody that's working to produce this program. And it's happened to uh, hundreds of millions of people around the world. And it's real. 